This is It Could Have Been Worse, a podcast where we tell stories of terrible things happening in our everyday lives, things that might have left us severely injured or disfigured, or may have even killed us, but we've survived. It then becomes painfully clear to us that it could have been worse. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of It Could Have Been Worse. This episode marks the beginning of the end of season one. We're going to release two more episodes and then we're taking a couple of weeks off to write and record more stories. We'll be back with another season on September 26th. Now that that's said, today we have two stories. Our first story is inspired by a dream titled End Program. Our second story is a tragic telling of a terrible time in a young woman's life titled I Scream. I would like to put in a trigger warning for the second story. It involves words of abuse and assisted suicide. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and share. We have new episodes coming every Monday, and be sure to check out our pod page at podpage.com slash it could have been worse. End program. We sat outside enjoying the crisp summer's night air. My wife and I were enjoying our time together, just talking about our work day and what we wanted to do for dinner. I looked into her eyes and smiled. This was the happiness I've always wanted. The kids were inside playing with their toys and we decided a moment in the cool air would feel nice. It was invigorating and uplifting. I felt renewed in my energy and was ready for whatever was next. At least I thought I was ready. As I was looking at my wife, I saw concern and panic spread across her face and I quickly turned my head to see what she was looking at. The stars disappeared in a large square in the sky and the steady pulsing of a cursor of words waiting to be typed appeared in the center of the blank space. My mind reeled. What the hell is going on here? I ran inside to check on the kids. Luckily they were unaware of anything wrong, but they wanted to watch cartoons. My son turned on the TV and it showed the same blank screen I had just witnessed in the sky. I tried changing the channel, but every channel showed the same screen. I tried turning on my computer and as soon as the screen lit up, it showed the same screen as in the sky. I slammed the laptop closed and as my son approached a TV, I want cartoons, he shouted as he touched the screen. I watched in horror as it pulled him in without a sound. I raced to the TV, but it was solid as I pounded at the screen to let him out. On the other side, I watched as my small child pounded on the screen trying to get out. Tears poured down his cheeks as he pounded away at the unmoving screen. Suddenly the channel changed to some random sitcom and my heart sank as my son disappeared. I tried changing the channel back but the TV had suddenly returned to normal and I couldn't find the blank screen again. I ran outside and the sky showed the same thing that was on the TV. Every time I changed the channel, it changed in the sky. I opened the computer up again and it showed the same thing, just a random show. Suddenly it switched to a live view of us from somewhere behind us but the camera was situated somewhere within the nearby wall. I could see myself in real time as I started to panic and change the channel. It switched back to my son, still pounding at the screen. I screamed and ran over to try to pull him out, just as he had been pulled through. To my surprise and relief, my hand went through the screen and I grasped his tiny hand. I held onto it tightly and started to pull him back through. I was horrified when out tumbled a static dressed facsimile of my young child. He regarded me in terror and opened his mouth in a wretched scream that just sounded like TV static that grew louder and louder. The copy dropped to the floor as if unconscious and its body melted into the floor while the static spread like a pool. My young daughter screamed and ran to her mother's arms and I told them to run as the static spread. 
Everything it touched became covered in the black and white crackle while maintaining its shape, although it all soon blended together. The TV remained untouched as the static spread its way throughout my house, its same image of my son pounding away at the glass taunting me. We managed to escape the house before it became enveloped in the static. The sky stayed fixed on the image of my son trying in vain to escape. I screamed into the sky in pain and pleaded with it to give me my son back. The image changed back to the blank screen and words started to appear as if being typed out. W. H. Y. Question mark. Appeared slowly. I shouted back. What do you mean why? He's my son. Please give him back. We love him. The image stayed blank for a long moment. More letters appeared in the sky. Y. O. U. Apostrophe. R. E. Space. J. U. S. T. Space. A. Space. C. O. M. P. U. T. E. R. Space. P. R. O. G. R. A. M. Space. I. Space. D. E. S. I. G. N. E. D. My mind spun like I had just been spun like a top. I felt dizzy. No. This can't be real. I must be dreaming. There's no way we were a simulation. We had thoughts and feelings. We reproduced and felt love and desire. We felt heartbreak and sorrow at loss and defeat. We bled. We died and decomposed. We are real. The scream became blank again, and I watched the static recede from my home back into the TV. I heard the small scream of my son emanate from inside, and we all ran in. My son sat in front of the TV with a blank expression in his eyes like if he was enthralled with his favorite cartoon. Tears streamed from his tiny eyes and I picked him up and carried him outside. What did you do to him? I screamed at the sky. I apostrophe M space G I V I N G space Y O U space T I M E space T O space S A Y space G O O D B Y E dot 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 The screen blanked out again. Suddenly a box appeared that read Delete simulation permanently question mark. I watched in horror as the cursor hovered over the yes button. I pulled my wife and kids in close and told them I love them. Tears poured out of my eyes as I heard the click. I scream. Summer nights in Southern California are hot. The summer air feels heavy and is thick with the smell of orange blossoms. The blossoms release their heavy floral scent into the night air and it smells so lovely. The smell almost strangles me. The vibrant sun of the summer day has faded into musky night where no stars are visible in the city limits. The city seems to glow orange from the many streetlights that illuminate the nighttime. The synthetic glow of streetlights seems to almost mock the daytime in a sick comparison of a bright, cheerful sun. 
Somehow the street light illuminates the sickness in me too. Maybe I am a synthetic version of a sunshine person, lurking in the dark. I feel safe under the street light, drawing in smoke from a freshly lit cigarette. The burn of the smoke hurts my lungs. It reminds me I am alive, enough to keep hurting. Being at home seems like a bad idea. Being on the street seems like a bad idea too. I chuckle lightly to myself as the lyrics come to my mind. If I stay, it will be trouble. If I go, will it be double? And I whistle it lightly as I walk home. Home. What a stupid word. Home seems to imply a sense of safety. Some place where warm Christmases and families laugh and make happy memories. Shouldn't home mean safe? I calculate the steps leading back to home. One foot in front of the other, slow and determined. Maybe tonight I'll take my chances with the streets. I feel the hair on my neck stand up before I even open the door. It's quiet. That's never a good sign. I prefer the yelling. It's quiet. I wonder what hell waits for me. I walk into my room and he is waiting for me. He is sitting on the bed, tall, stupid and ugly. I take a sharp breath in, wondering what my punishment will be tonight. He gets up and stands tall, towering over me. I control every muscle in my body to avoid flinching. If he sees that I am afraid, he will get upset, and as he says, give me a reason to flinch. I hate him. Every part of me hates him. I wish I could leave. I would leave in a body bag if it meant I would be free from his tyranny. I'm waiting. The waiting is as horrible as the slap in my face feels. I don't know what he will do. I never do. He looks at me, turns, and walks away. I feel so relieved. I rush into my room, close the door and lock it. I am safe for the night. I turn to my bed. I reach for my water and swallow my nightly medication. Tonight is a safe night. I can sleep in peace. The pillow under my face feels weird even while I sleep. Why is it wet? I am searching for my blanket. I want to feel the comfort of the soft blanket. Why is my blanket missing? Did it fall on the floor? I reach my hands out to feel for my bedding. Nothing. Yet my mattress feels scratchy and wet. I open one eye and for a moment I feel comforted by the orange glow of the streetlight. I continue to lay looking up at the orange light and strain to think. My brain feels foggy. I feel heavy. I can't seem to move my arms. They are sluggish and delayed to my command. I sit up and it feels like slow motion movements. I look around. I am not at home. I seem to be laying in a bed of roses. Some place in the city, but I don't know the area. I try to shake off the fog in my brain, the sludge that has taken over me. I don't recall how I got here, but I feel drugged. I force my laboring body to stand. I am still in my nightshirt and panties. 
try to get my bearings and decide that I am going to walk and try to find a way home. Home. There's that word again. Maybe I should take my chances among the roses. My feet are bare and the night air is still warm. I begin to feel almost peaceful as I round a corner toward what feels like my way. It must be late in the night. The city has gone quiet. No cars, no traffic, no sounds of urban life. Just the light chirp of a cricket and the hum of the streetlights above me. I feel strange. Heavy almost. Like there's a disconnect from my head to my toes, and in between there's nothing but a body swaying. Maybe it's going to be okay this time. A few minutes of walking and I begin to feel the familiar fear of panic set in. My neck hair is standing on edge. Someone's watching me. I focus on walking. One foot calculated in front of the other. In a moment, I feel a hand grab the back of my neck. Nails digging into my skin and pulls my head around. I look into the face of a stranger. My mind struggles to hold on to any features. He seems fuzzy. My eyes cannot focus on features. His hands reach into my hair and he grabs a fistful as he pushes my already heavy body into a parked car. I think he's smiling but I can't tell for sure. My mind feels too drugged. What happened to me? Did he do this to me? I feel something cold and hard close to my cheek. It smells metallic. He whispers into my ear a perverted threat. He wants something from me. He wants my tortured flesh for his own, and the intention was to take it from me with or without my permission. With one hand, he tries to pull off my few remaining clothes. The other hand shoves a gun deep into my mouth. The gun is his insurance that I will submit to his desires without too much struggle. I am intoxicated by the taste of metal and my sensitive cheeks feel the grooves of the sides. I am not aware of much else except this metal instrument of death feels like my one chance at freedom. Without warning, a laugh fills up my belly. I am overjoyed. There is hope in sight. He stops and looks into my eyes and screams at me to shut up. His hand retracts and he reaches to pull my hair so I am in a more favorable position. I laugh and I let the tears of my life fill my eyes. This perverted man has brought me salvation, a freedom I never dreamed of having. Finally, I'll be safe, free, and no one would hurt me. I am joyful for the first time in a long, long time. I allow myself to relax, close my eyes, and rejoice. Soon I would be at peace. I let the exuberance well up in my body and I thank him. I shake with joyful anticipation of death. I laugh harder, this time I don't bother to contain it. I let the laughter fill me up and lift me higher. He retracts the gun from my mouth. His face is clearer now. His eyes are wide with fear. I fall to my knees, deranged with joy. I am clinging to his shirt and let the hot tears fall freely from my eyes. He pushes me off him. He seems disturbed. I beg him. I beg him with every ounce of myself. Please kill me. Please release me from this form, this life. It's torture. Hurt me however you want to release my body and let me die here. I am laughing with joy and crying with relief. This man is my salvation. He is going to set me free. 
He pushes me away. He tries to release my hands from clutching his shirt. I am begging him, crying with joy, fear and laughter and release. Let me die! Let me die! His face is clearer now. He looks at me with fear now. He releases my hair and my body falls limp to the floor. I feel the rough concrete scrape my legs and knees as the weight of my body falls from under me. He is running from me. He leaves me behind. Please kill me! Kill me! I scream a scream so terrible I could not believe it came from my mouth. My own voice sounded like a monster. A stranger to me. He sentences me to life. He sends me back to hell. Those were our stories for this week. Thank you for listening. Please come back next time for another episode of It Could Have Been Worse.